Hello everyone and welcome to another IMCO with myself, Jonathan Chan. So glad that you can join me today for lunch as we try to look at what topped the news this past week and I offer you my Christian opinion. So what topped the news this past week? Now, I know I've been uh, uh, focusing on local news, and that's what we usually do on IMCOs, is to focus on what's happening in the lower mainland, like in Vancouver, the Fraser Valley, or the interior of British Columbia. But this is too important because it hits home nationwide, but it, it happened over the, in uh, London, Ontario, but it could happen here, and that's why I want to talk about it today and offer you a Christian opinion on it. So what happened? Well, in London, Ontario, I believe it was over the weekend, or even just uh, on Monday, I believe, a family of five were just uh, walking along, uh, having a stroll, evening stroll, and suddenly out of nowhere, a pickup truck just ran right through them. And uh, four members of the family, uh, unfortunately, were killed, and a nine-year-old currently is in the hospital in critical condition. So he's the sole survivor. Now, the articles, uh, a lot of articles were written about this, and the reason why this driver of the pickup truck did that was because of out of hate. Apparently, uh, this individual uh, did not like Muslims, and uh, he, you could classify him, as many articles did, classify him as an extremist or an extremist, depending on how you pronounce it. And uh, so he's one of those anti Muslims, and uh, so he decided to take out his hate, take out his uh, frustration, and inexplicably just mow down uh, a family. And now a nine-year-old's without his family. So great mourning happened. Uh, there was a memorial uh, service or a vigil uh, that happened yesterday, a lot, and uh, it was uh, attended by many people, like over a thousand people, including various uh, political leaders, such as our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, the, uh, the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, and of course, the Mayor in London, Ontario. Uh, so, many articles were written, many articles are still writing, and uh, have been posted uh, on uh, various news outlets. I included one where this picture was found from Global News, I believe it was from Global News. And, uh, or was a CTV, not too sure. I included the link at the bottom. But today, I recently read an article of Global News, which I forgot to include the link at the bottom, but I will do so after when I post a recording of this IMCO. And it was interesting because uh, what raised my eyebrow on that article was the whole explanation of how extremists become extremists. Um, how they take one point of view, one ideology, gets convicted or convinced and convicted of this ideology, then radi become radicalized, and then go insane. And uh, just to start rampaging through whatever their um, pious cause is, or crusade, I guess. Now, this particular uh, incident with regards to the uh, Muslim family, um, I forgot to mention that, yeah, the, 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 this particular individual, they did, a, I guess, a, a few interviews already, preliminary interviews of people who have known him. Uh, quite a few people have labeled him as a Christian. 
so he was a very overt Christian, a uh, individual that uh, um, apparently shared a lot of Bible verses with his co-workers and colleagues. He was a part-time worker over at an egg processing plant. And then they were, so when this happened, this, the, their co his co-workers, <clears throat> his former co-workers were shocked at how one individual goes from one, one, uh, from zero to a hundred in extremists, uh, and just did that and committed that crime, uh, a heinous crime. And so this article investigated a little further briefly, actually, uh, the, the article was very short, but, uh, to explain, briefly how individuals become extremists and how they have this um, harboring hatred towards a particular group and this one namely Muslims. So we all know that there are many extremists out there, many extremist groups. Uh, this one is an example of a particularly extremist group that happens to associate with Christianity from this individual. Uh, other extremist groups that are associated with it, Christianity is like the KKK and the white supremacists. Heck, even the uh, insurrection on January 6th down in the White House, many of those individuals claim that they were Christian as well. They're crusading for God. And so those are, that's one uh, group, a few examples of one extremism. Another most notable on the news is the uh, ISIS, Islamic State. We know that those folks are quite extreme as well. Uh, they're, they're in the Islam faith, but, uh, but we all know and even many um, Muslims know that the Islamic State is classified as extremists, extremists. Again, I don't know why I'm having trouble pronouncing the word today. Hold on. Maybe some coffee will help. <clears throat> also, we also know that uh, there are other extremist groups called like Boko Haram and also Hamas, right? Uh, the current uh, um, conflict between Israel and the Palestinians. Hey, it was, it's really not the civilians right now in conflict. It's basically two extremist groups. One, Hamas. The other, the Likud. Uh, Nobly, the one of the uh, extremist uh, political parties that Benjamin, here we go, Benjamin Netanyahu leads those extremists going at it each other's throats. All right, extremism. Enough of that. How should a Christian respond to these extremism? Well, actually, um, there is something because uh, I was thinking about it and uh, I was saying to myself, okay, I'm here, I'm talking to you. I hear about this news, it's a tragedy, and it hits home because I'm a Christian as well. And I ask myself, can myself, can I actually be part of the problem as well as a pastor? As you know, I'm a pastor of a church, and uh, can I be a part of the problem? And I think we can. We can actually contribute to this problem because, hey, as a pastor, I'm up there propagating. Let's face it, it's a, I'm, it's a speech, right? It's something to uh, propagate the gospel. And well, unfortunately for many about preachers out there, they're also trying to propagate their own point of view to you, the audience. And I think that the words we use, 
the language we use, the presentation we use, does have a does play a factor in our audience, in influencing our audience, in nurturing a particular behavior, or or even planting a seed in something that they need harboring that we did not intend to uh, water. If you get what I'm meaning, so. Even in Christian circles, like and we, because we're such a tight community uh, in various churches, like we're such a tight community, we teach, we propagate, we do Bible studies of particular viewpoints. It's uh, not necessarily the right viewpoint at many times, but if we're like sometimes we are so convinced and convicted on one viewpoint, one opinion of how to interpret certain passages in the Bible, it becomes so. Uh, influential, persuasive, that it plants that seed, or not even plants a seed, or just waters that particular ideology that that individual may have, that we may not have intended for it to be watered. Here's what I mean. When we say, uh, when I hear preachers, and sometimes I catch myself, when we say, I'm right, they're wrong, in terms of religion, uh, for example, Islam. Christianity is right, Islam is wrong, or Christianity is right, Buddhism is wrong. As we continue to say that this is the truth, this is this is it, this is the uh, this is we, we cannot stray around any further, or uh, we can, there's no variety of opinion on this matter. This is it, black and white. That's it. We are actually nurturing a uh, attitude of of uh, just basically, uh, what do you call it? Just an attitude that we do, <laughs> that does not invite any other opinion. It's almost like building up people that are, uh, building up uh, people that cannot invite any opinions and just staunch on against any variance from the opinion. And so I think that the, the, the pedagogy that we use and the way we preach and the way we gather in Bible studies or support groups, and the way we communicate with each other, do those do the language that we use and the way we propagate it unintentionally water seeds that we do not want to water? And uh, because, like this individual here, and I'm not saying that uh, that this is an excuse for him to do it. No, there's no excuse for, for uh, doing what he did. It's awful and it's wrong. But I think there's a lot, many factors at, in play here. And one of them is probably his religious community. I hate to say it, but it probably is. It's uh, probably the, uh, the language that, that uh, his religious community used. Uh, it could be the, the opinions and the belief systems and the convictions that have watered that seed of hatred and harboring anger towards Muslims. And hence this bill of that. The article in the Global News actually uh, addressed that, that, you know, it's not as easy as one, two, three when it comes to extremists, like how an individual becomes extreme. But there are, just to acknowledge that there are many factors and that it's a community thing as well, we as a Christian community need to remind ourselves of how are we Part of the problem. How can we resolve it then? How can we solve that? So 
I wanted to offer a few of my takeaways on how to do that, which I have become to realize that I need to emphasize, uh, which I have with my church. And here are a few takeaways. Now, again, you could agree or not agree with me. Uh, this is my Christian opinion, so take it or leave it. But I think this is what many of us Christians, especially in Christian communities who attend church, listen to sermons, uh, do Bible studies, etc., etc. This is something that I think we all should include in our, whether it be pedagogy, whether it be among our uh, community groups, uh, just language and things that we need to maybe emphasize. Number one, see, above all else, we're all human beings, images of God. I think that's one, one doctrine, I hate to say doctrine, one principle that we all Christians agree on is that all humanity are, is an image of God. So whether you're Muslim, whether you're Buddhist, whether you're uh, Sikh, Hindu, uh, whether, whatever, whether you're an atheist and whatever religion or whoever you are, every human being is an image of God. And that's the foundation that we bigger that I think we should all emphasize whenever we preach, whenever we teach, whatever we do, our studies, Bible studies, read our Bibles, devotions, personal devotions, etc. that we have to remind ourselves that my neighbor who's blasting his radio at two in the morning is also an image of God. That the Muslims that are, the Muslim family that is walking down the street, they are an image of God. And so that should ground us in terms of reading scripture, of preaching, of teaching, and of studying the Bible. That should be the one this principle should be the foundation for it. This should be where everything else comes out. Um, yeah, like the gospel. Well, why was the gospel the gospel? Why did Jesus come in the first place to die and die, to die for us? Well, because we are the image of God and he loves us because we are the image of God. Second, those who have religions, though, we have to also acknowledge that religion is part of who they are. That is their ethos. That, and so it leads me to the third. What we can do though, and what I've been trying to do with my church anyway, is to educate you folks who attend my church and to everyone and to those who I encounter of other religions. Because many times I feel we tend to be in the silo in our churches and not really understand anybody else's religions or anyone else's religion, sorry. And, uh, and that leads us to this way of silo thinking and the silo reading of scripture. The more we know, the more we understand other religions, the more we are able to love people, to understand people, to have a better hermeneutic of our scripture reading. And so before I close, I want to offer you a passage that's found in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Now, this is interesting because uh, as some of you keeners out there know, this uh, passage is taken from a uh, 
the chapter where it's just before a parable of the Good Samaritan. And uh, if you know that parable, now you think about it, the Samaritans and the Jews hate each other's guts. And uh, so this um, Pharisee uh, asked Jesus, like, who is my neighbor? Right. And um, and so uh, Jesus asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And the man answered this. And so uh, it goes like this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. As many of you know, I, uh, I tend to uh, uh, just uh, elaborate on this passage and say, you know, when you say you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, how do you do that? By loving your neighbor as yourself. Why? It's because everyone, all human beings are an image of God. And that's why we love them. Because Jesus loved them. And therefore, how do we love them properly? It's to understand their, that is to understand if they do have religions to understand their religion, to familiarize ourselves with their religion, to get a better understanding of their, not, not just their um, rituals, but who they are. Why does the religion make up their ethos? And how does the religion make up their ethos? That way we can respect each other and love each other more. But not only that, but to inform our own reading of our own scriptures. Because if we don't, we will just be reading scripture in our own little silos. And as we read this scripture in our own little silos, words will come out like, this is the truth. No other person is right. And everyone else is wrong. Etc. So we, we basically uh, develop people or just inculcate a particular culture inside of us saying that we're right, they're wrong. And then suddenly it leads into uh, extremism and uh, which we have here and with this individual going out and just without any thought mowing down a Muslim family. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is number one, one of my Christian opinions and uh, responses would be, what are we teaching in our churches today? Do we teach and emphasize that all human beings are images of God and that we are to love them as Jesus has loved them? Or are we emphasizing just mainly who's right and who's wrong? And whether the, uh, we should shelter ourselves or, uh, or go up against something that uh, we don't think that is right and our eyes are right in our or go according to our opinions or align with our own beliefs and opinions. That's number one. Number two, when we go into scripture and when we study scripture and when we do our Bible studies or have our community outings, uh, do we emphasize also on learning other people's religions? Because in order, because that would help us inform our reading of the Bible and enable us to respect human beings, our fellow human beings. That's uh, what I'm going to leave with all of you today. My apologies for not pronouncing extremism, extremism, right? For, for some reason today, it's just been, I don't know, I cannot, just, I cannot pronounce that word for some reason. But I hope you enjoyed this IMCO. And again, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, 
please send it through my website using the contact form. But till next time, have a blessed week.